0: Okay, so I've I've messed up quite a few times in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've failed a lot. I actually think failure is a really good thing. I learn most from failing and screwing things up. Um, this is a little bit different on the failure level. Um, I had a really, really great conversation over the summer with Lucia Leonard. Uh, I've talked to Dion Leonard on the podcast quite a bit and both of them are the parents of Gobi. I don't know if you guys have read or heard of the book Finding Gobi, but Lucia reached out to me initially when I was in Chamonix. We sat down, had coffee. I think we even had a beer, and she interviewed me for her podcast. I dropped the ball. I had this conversation with her. We recorded it, and in the chaos of getting ready for the Triple Crown, I think it was in the middle of the Triple Crown, just full-blown chaos trying to put together a weekly podcast training recovering you know i I have a full-time job and kids and everything so i dropped the ball this is episode 121 the lost interview is what i'll call it with lucia leonard so hopefully you guys enjoy it i'll tell you about it when it happened in the race but to be honest with you it happened even before the race it happened in the training great cause oh thanks i respect the shit out of that man so you keep doing what you do it man keep inspiring and that was a moment i i can look back on now and uh that was one of my favorite moments getting a foot massage by hayden at mile 62 this is um, a fan of yours and i'm just calling in to express my admiration it's dean karnassus the ultra marathon man Hello listeners, this is Chris Mako, and we are live! And you're listening to Training for Ultra Podcast.
1: This is Anime Flynn and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra Podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob.
0: 100 miles is not that far. (laughs) I I thought it was a joke actually. I
1: thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So classic. (laughs) Oh my God, You because literally a thing would be like beep, 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 mother, mother, beep, mother, mother, beep, beep, mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 one, two, one, two, three,
0: four. <laughs> Training for Ultra podcast. I'm Sally McCrae, also known as Yellow Runner.
1: Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 121 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And this is the Lost interview with Lucia Leonard. Really, the Leonards have become good friends. Gobi is, I think, my favorite dog I've ever met. And uh, I'm just excited to dive into Lucia's background as a runner. She's a really great perspective. I'm also super jealous she gets to live in Chamonix. Who gets to live in Chamonix, of all places? It's awesome. So really good to hear her story. Let me thank the sponsors of the show really quick for the last time this year. Hammer Nutrition. If you haven't tried them out, feel free to use my promo code or referral code 252888. You'll save 15% off your first order. Big thank you to Sufferfest Beer. Now with National Distribution, check out their website for the nearest retailer near you. And then big thank you to Exoskin. I'm doing across the years here shortly. I'll be using the toe socks, calf sleeves, some of the base layers. And yeah, they have super high quality products. I highly, highly recommend them. Destination Trail, Candice Burt and her team have been phenomenal. I was eyeing that. 100k at bigfoot that's coming up in september 2020 i'm also highly highly likely my fingers kind of on the trigger here for moab 240 third time out of the four times i've had the race i think moab 240s gonna sell out this year uh, in 2020 so destination trail can't speak more highly of them i've tested out all their 200 so far and uh yeah, it's it's been a fun experience. So big thank you to them for their big support throughout 2019. Last but not least, Ultimate Direction, their packs got me through every every ultra marathon uh, that I ran in 2019. We uh, hopefully we'll we'll re sign for 2020. We'll see um, what's brewing there. But you know the, the supporters, the Patreon supporters, everyone that makes this happen. You know, I'm just very very appreciative. And last but not le- last but not least, I can't talk today, um, check out the website, you know, I have a 2020 calendar that I put together, so it's kind of cool, it has my own pictures, a lot of which I took during races, and then all the quotes are from my book, so it's all original work, and I have a few left there, so check that out on trainingforultra.com. enjoy this episode, it's The Lost Interview with Lucia Leonard. Actually, I think I had you on before I had Dion on. I'm trying to recall. Or you had me on uh, your show. I had you
1: on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never been on your show. This is the first time.
0: Lucia has a really cool podcast. Um, do you want to give it a shout out? I mean, it's it's all about what, who comes by in Chamonix, France.
1: Yeah, so just some uh, Chamonix summer trails, and it's just about yeah people that are are out in Chamonix running on the trails, just finding out why people are coming out and just having a chat to them. So yeah, it's a great way to meet some people and hear some stories.
0: I mean, it was nice meeting you, but meeting Gobi was the no. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> that was I a know. fun. That was a fun
0: experience and. <laughs> your your podcast is uh gaining some pretty big names. I think you had Sage on there, maybe. Is is that an upcoming uh, no, episode? Due,
1: yeah, he's due to come on at some point. So okay. yeah, no, had a had a few people on there, but Ashley um, Brasavan,
0: could, I think. Yes,
1: right? yeah, yeah, she was on there and yeah, hoping to get Amanda Basham as well. And cool. yeah, got a got a few people lined up, so should be good
0: awesome um and i'll yeah. include a link in the show notes to your podcast um cool just because i i like the concept of having like a geographic location type concept i think it's cool um yeah so you ran a little race over the weekend or it started friday
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah started friday and um yeah finished sunday <laughs> so just a little race <laughs>
0: oh my gosh um, mm. I was trying to save that for the, the end there, but that's a lot of, uh, racing. That's almost like a, a 200. Um, <laughs> so UTMB you ran the UTMB race, the big event. Um, yes. how, how long have you been thinking about this race?
1: Well, I've been, it's been a project for three years. Um, cause I first came out to Chamonix in 2016, to do my first attempt at UTMB. Um, And, yeah, just I think for a race like that, you have to be 100% body, mind and soul. And I was neither at that point. I'd run 500K in five days, uh, four weeks prior, running across the length of the Netherlands in my pink underwear, raising money for breast cancer. And then I also had Dion, my husband, was missing. Well, missing. He was in China searching for our missing dog, Gobi. So, you know, my emotional situation and mental state was kind of all over in China. And they literally found Gobi two nights before the race started. So, you know, I was just stressed out of my brain and staying up all night doing social media.
0: Had to be a crazy range of emotions, having put so much effort into finding Gobi and then having that excitement. And I I heard you were basically up 24-7 getting interviews lined up and getting that story out so you really couldn't um, show up to UTMB like you really wanted to. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the morning of race day, I hadn't even packed my race bag, you know, which for a race like that and for a runner like myself, that's just totally crazy. Whereas for this year, like my bag was packed 10 days before and repacked (laughs) eight days before and six days before, you know, it was, um, I was very, very organized and I was not three years ago just because of everything going on in life. So yeah, it was just not meant to be three years ago. So it was a bit of a, yeah, revenge race (laughs) this year. I had to be finished. You're being
0: (laughs) so selfless going into that first attempt. Um, that's what struck me Uh, Having talked to Dion a little bit about that one, I mean, it's not like you were, you know, out partying and had a bad race the next day or whatever. Like you were really uh, putting everything into trying to trying to coordinate all those interviews and take care of uh, what you were, you know, what was a priority at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: How would you describe yourself as a runner?
1: As a runner, I guess I'm a, yeah, a middle-of-the-pack runner. Um, I'm more a a completer than a competer, even though I want to be more of a competer, but I still have a a long way to go and I need to make a lot more improvements to be, you know, competitive at these bigger races. Um, I definitely do it more for the adventure and the experience and the camaraderie rather than, you know than the actual results um you know i love i love the challenge of actually finishing these ultra tough races so yeah i'm out there just to show that it it can be done and yeah i just love the the feeling of accomplishment really so yeah middle of the pack runner trying to be even better but (laughs) you know i seem to always end up middle of the pack so (laughs) that's where i am
0: it's a beautiful place to be, trust me. <laughs> oh,
1: I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm there with you, Rob. <laughs> I'm I love it. there with you all the way. <laughs> um,
0: and so is it difficult being married to someone that is sort of notoriously just able to get through anything, finish anything? I mean, win, <laughs> yeah, wins a lot of races, you know. <laughs> he's in an interesting spot when it comes to those like Super long races um how's how's it feel like do you feel pressure with your training and like with your races?
1: Yeah, there is a little bit of pressure um, and I know Dion wouldn't want that pressure to be on me, but I certainly do feel it in terms of you know I don't want to let him down and I want him to be proud of me um, and I know that he thinks that I can I can run faster than I seem to be able to do so. Um, Yeah, I do feel some sort of pressure from that. And certainly, you know, when you're only doing 100 and he's been running 200 miles, you feel like you can't really complain when, you know, things are hurting because it's like, oh, God, but he does 200. So I'm going to just have to smile and get on with it, really. So there is, yeah, a little bit of pressure there from that side of things. Um, but he's really supportive and, you know, he just wants me to do the best I can and he's always super proud of, of me finishing. And so, yeah, and it certainly helps to train with him as well because obviously he's very knowledgeable and, you know, I've learned a lot from him as well. So, which is a constant thing, you know, he's a great source of inspiration and, and knowledge. So that's always a big help as well.
0: That wasn't Kobe in the background, right? No.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Just checking. Um mm. I I love um your outlook on running and and wanting to be competitive, but you're a, a completer is what you said. I I love it. I mean, that's that's what it's all about and yeah. It's amazing when you don't get injured and you start completing races and things start slowly growing and improving. Um how was earlier this year i i think we had touched base maybe late last year on a extreme race in the middle east that you did with like serious rock climbing involved
1: yes um when was that that and then
0: i want to hear about how this year was going for you
1: yeah, so I did um Oman by UTMB um which was uh the first first and second of December last year. So that was um their inaugural race over there. So no one knew what was you know, what was gonna be um on the trails and you know I was expecting a nice uh mountainous but, you know, runnable similar to sort of Chamonix, um 137 <laughs> kilometers. But yeah, it turned out it was it was rather technical. <laughs> so um, I mean, I had like three three big cries during it, <laughs> proper breakdown cries, and having to ring Dion to say, "I don't believe I, I can do this." <laughs> uh, yeah, it was super technical. I mean, at 82 kilometres. I did my first ever via ferrata, so that's where you get harnessed up and you get a helmet on and you're like clipped in yeah clipped into this rope to climb the side of a a mountain so that was pretty exciting so it's like 50 Um, miles
0: in roughly
1: yeah yeah so you know your legs are already feeling it a bit and you know (laughs) it's it's quite challenging um but you know got through that was there a storm that rolled in
0: i'm trying to remember there's like some there's like one other no
1: no, no. The okay. next thing was the um, the wall. We had a vertical kilometre at 120 kilometres in, um, which was literally a 1,200-metre climb in three kilometres distance. So it was three points of contact the whole way up. And <laughs> it was it was like midnight at that point into my second night, and I was hallucinating. I was seeing cats on rocks that I was trying to pat. And, yeah, that was <laughs> – <laughs> it was the longest two hours of my life just crawling and crying my way up this mountainside uh, where I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really, really um, exciting. <laughs> and I'm glad I finished it so I don't have to go back. Um, but in all honesty, it was an amazing experience. So, you know, if you fancy a challenge, then it's a good one. And it gives you guaranteed entry to um, the UTMB in Chamonix. So, you know, there's an extra nugget.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people's, a lot of listeners' ears just perked up immediately. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. And th- this year they've got a hundred mile option, so you know it gets even more exciting.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean hallucinating stuff. I mean, there's multiple levels of it, but when you're on the side of a mountain, um, it's kind of like not a good time to be petting cats that you're imagining.
1: No, um, but at least they were friendly cats. They weren't like lions and tigers and stuff. So That's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just saw a taco bar on the side of a, a mountain <laughs> drop off, um, but the line was too long, so I passed. Uh, I just kept oh. going. Uh, how, how did you start off this year? I mean, you had to have some confidence having finished that race.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, that um, filled me with a lot of confidence. And yeah, I took that going into Hurt 100. Um, and yeah, then was disappointed because I DNF'd that at um, 60 miles in. Um, I mean, Hurt 100 is one of the the toughest, if not the toughest, I think, 100 miler um in the world and it's yeah a tough five lap course of tree roots and mud and humidity and super technical terrain and a super tight cutoff of 36 hours and yeah the humidity got to me I mean I'd flown there from Chamonix two days before the race so it was like minus six degrees Celsius in Chamonix and then you rock up in Hawaii where it's you know 30 degrees celsius with humidity um and it just knocks you for six so 36 hour cutoff yeah oh my gosh (laughs) i i know
0: i mean that's insane Mm, that's a run rabbit run uh profile except the train is so much harder and the cutoff is exactly the same there's no way. Yeah. That's, wow, I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that. I just assumed 48 hours for some reason.
1: Wow. Well, that would be nice. I could probably finish it in that. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, yeah, luckily or I'm luckily got myself a ticket to go again in January. Um, you know, after UTMB, I'm kind of just thinking, oh my God, I honestly don't know if I can do 36 hours like on that course. So I'm, you know, having a real hard look at myself this week to, um, yeah, make a decision because obviously it's not cheap to get to Hawaii either and you don't want to go there and, and fail, you know, you want to go there and have a, a pretty decent crack at it. So, yeah, big decision to be made there.
0: Go up to um, that course reroute that they had last year at CCC and UTMB and mm. just train on that super <laughs> rocky, sketchy stuff when it's raining. <laughs> You'll be Uh, set, right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be interesting Uh, to follow along if you end up going for it or or change your mind and doing something different. And so did you just focus on training post Hurt 100 um, and just zero in on UTMB as your goal race of the year? Or what did you do in between?
1: yeah. I mean, everything was focused for UTMB, but I was uh, lucky enough. I I went to Morocco um, just for a three day race that I I like to take part in every year, which is um, half a marathon a day for three days. And it's, you know, catered for and you sleep in Berber tents. And that was nice. Um, And yeah, then I went to China in May and did the, well, actually before that, in April, I went to Sri Lanka and did the Ultra X. Um, Their inaugural 250K over five days um, awesome. in Sri Lanka. Yeah. So, that was an awesome experience uh, running out in the jungles and stuff out there. So, yeah, that was good. Um, and then went to China in May and did the um, Conquer the Wall Marathon. Nice. So, that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like ridiculous, like 20,000 steps and, you know, it had like 3,500 meters of ascent and descent and honestly you couldn't touch my calves for two weeks afterwards they were in so much pain um <laughs> yeah oh, that's you did the stair climber
0: mountains. for 10 hours straight or whatever i mean no big yeah. deal
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and then i had a, a big race in um july so i did the grand trail Cormier, uh 105 kilometers um i forget exactly how much climbing it had but it was something like five or six thousand meters and super technical terrain and i i'd actually dnf'd it last year because of storms that had come in and i'd I'd freaked out it was like super dangerous um and so i went back this year and i finished it and yeah that filled me with a load of confidence for utmb and yeah then i was ready to to rock and roll
0: wow you had a few races Mm. in between her and (laughs) utmb yeah um, by yeah, the way, can I many. just follow you to every race you do and just copy this? I mean, mm. that's a hell of a Absolutely. schedule. Why? I yeah. mean, before we start talking UTMB, why do you like such difficult races? You're not signing um, up for the layups.
1: No. Well, I just find like if it, unless it has a high DNF rate, I'm I'm not really excited by it. I just seem to like the challenge of you know sort of having to yeah, really push yourself to to get past those cutoffs and, you know, push past the pain barrier and, yeah, just have these amazing experiences because as well as these races being super tough, they're also in these amazing locations that you just, you know, your jaw just drops when you're out there. So it's just so worth, all all that you go through is, yeah, it's so worthwhile. (laughs) That's why I do them.
0: That's, I mean, I couldn't agree more. That's (laughs) That's yeah. <laughs> that's really fascinating. I mean, and it's cool. Like, I mean, I think it's reassuring to us, like middle of the pack runners, that you can go do difficult races. You can fly out and try some extreme race, and you know, push yourself and get excited and go explore and have an adventure. Um, yeah, I have a rule where if I pick a race where I have to fly to it, I've just created uh-huh. this ratio of you need to be running for longer than the time to get there and back in the air. (laughs) So like,
1: that's a good theory. I like that. So like
0: (laughs) 20 hours at CCC for me was cutting it Mm -hmm. really close compared to flying, the fly hours there and back. So
1: yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I might try for UTMB in the future. Um, just, just out of the pure ratio thought process, but yeah, um, (laughs) So you were feeling confident. You had dnf this race prior, kind of a one-off mm-hmm. situation. Um, yeah. How were you feeling, like, leading up to this? You said your your drop bags were all, like, set up 10 days in advance, and, like, you were totally focused. I mean, you seemed like yeah. your stress levels probably were pretty low, actually.
1: Yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, I was busy with work, so that was um, – you know, that was probably helping the taper, actually, because at least I couldn't go running. Um, but, yeah, I was super excited, Um, you know, super confident. Um, I was probably too confident. I mean, I'd, you know, set out a target to say I, I really wanted to do 33 to 35 hours. Um,
0: no sub-24? But, you
1: know, no, not sub-24. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sub-34 might have Thir- nice. 34 is <laughs>
0: ambitious, too, honestly. It is. That's-
1: yeah. It's ambitious, but you know, I thought you got to aim high and be confident, right? Um, And yeah, obviously, things didn't go to plan because I was like 42, 40 or something. So yeah, just a little bit off the A A target.
0: (laughs) How, when you start this race, I mean, there's just, there's like 2,500 people that start just UTMB. Um, Did you get put in a corral based on your? rank your world <laughs> ranking or whatever
1: <laughs> no, like, no there's okay. only the elite start or the preferred start as they call it oh so okay. unless unless you've got an it- itra ranking of for a female at some um, i think 650 and above um then yeah you're just in the, the back with all the masses so i tried to squeeze in and kind of get near the you know the back of the the front third i guess you would call it um but it's immense i mean yeah two and a half thousand people and you're filtering through you know a, a quite a narrow street cobble, and, a, a little cobble yeah. <laughs> street in,
0: in france to yeah. start.
1: i mean l- literally we walked all the way to you know like the solomon store so you're probably walking i don't know what's that 500 meters or something yeah <laughs> because it was just so jammed is that like, where it yeah, starts it starts wow. by the
0: solomon store they're in Chamonix? No, no,
1: at the church. Oh, the church, So, okay. yeah, all the way around to the Solomon store, you're like kind of at a walk. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Okay. A s- slow start, but I mean, you got to soak it up as well. So, that was pretty exciting.
0: By the way, if you're in Chamonix, you have to go to that Solomon store. It's like a rule, I think. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's an obligation. The view it's out that front door, the view out the front door is ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, is there an ambitious, like, I, I've heard from other people that they cut off, like, the first or second cutoff, if you're just kind of dragging and not paying attention, can sneak up on you. Is that correct? Or
1: Yeah. Well, I think so. Um, I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to any cutoff times um, until I got to Lac Combo and, you know, looked at the sign and it was like, I was an hour off cutoff. I'm like... Holy hell, like how am I an hour off cut off? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> like you know, when you and I'd sort of caught up with a friend and we'd been together for a couple of hours and I thought, Oh my god, like I'm gonna have to drop her and go, like this is serious, you know. I cannot be timed out. So yeah, I sort of kind of yeah, pulled my finger out at that point and went, right, <laughs> gotta get going. So I really
0: like um, you, but
1: Yeah. That was but, cutting yeah. it
0: way too close.
1: Yeah yeah nice chat but see you later (laughs) yeah
0: um and and so did you have crew and pace oh there's no pacers um did you have crew available yes town probably
1: yeah well my first one was at um contamine so that was i don't know what's that about 30k in um and so i had a a couple of friends there uh, so my friend yana and joe they were there um, and then Yana went to the next one, which was only a few kilometres away and, and got me changed into nighttime gear and then I didn't see them again until Kourmayer, so that's when Dion and Gobi joined uh, with Yana, and they were there from, well, whatever time I got in there, I think it was like 10.30 in the morning or something um, and they were there from then and then they followed me through to Inerva and then around to Champé-Loc treant valacine and home wow. so yeah so they were there for the long haul <laughs> very long haul
0: <laughs> so that that very first climb it's not like as intense um and so how were you feeling when you got to that first aid station and saw your crew to start off
1: uh, yeah i was very excited really pleased to see them um they had some pizza for me so that was great <laughs> nice <laughs> um yeah, but it was mental in there. It was like a rugby scrum. I mean, it was so busy. You know, you just walked in there and you were just being shoved side to side. And, you know, just trying to find your crew was like a mission impossible as well. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of hectic, um, a little bit stressful, you know. Um, yeah, so it was it was good sort of checkpoints further on. It started to, yeah, settle down a little bit. <laughs> Still very busy, but um, at least there was a little bit of space to move around. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I'm, I'm trying to think through this. I mean, what were, uh, I mean, did you grab any of the food like from the aid station or was this all like Mm. things that they had brought?
1: Yeah, mainly, well, when the crew were there, it was stuff that they had brought, but, um, Obviously, there were still a lot of other checkpoints in between. So, then I was using the aid stations. So, you know, eating orange segments and watermelon and having some of their like chicken soup noodles um, and dunking in their their baguettes and stuff um, into that. So, yeah, trying to eat a bit of their food, the odd bit of chocolate and Coke and coffee. Yeah.
0: And so, for someone who hasn't been out there, how do those aid stations compare to the U.S.? I had a Patreon supporter specifically oh. wanted to know, like, like how's that even? <laughs> how's that even like different? Um, and it's hard to explain. It's pretty different. I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, very different. I mean, I think the Americans do food a lot better. Like, there's a lot more selection and a lot more hot food. Um, you know, you guys do like burgers and hot dogs and. And stuff like that. Whereas, yeah, I get a bit disappointed with the European races because it's like, we're in Italy. Like, where's the pizza? <laughs> you know, Burger, it's, burgers yeah, and hot of... dogs
0: are kind of 200 miles specific, honestly. It's normally like, <laughs> yeah, like <I've... laughs> you, you know, it's normally yeah. a little a little less than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The soup, though. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the
1: soup. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason I want to in... go
0: back next year. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no soup is very good i
0: I don't know how to say it in like french but it's tour of soups Um, oh
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and then just while i'm on this i mean someone was asking about any kind of language barriers like you you Uh, live over there most of the time i mean are you fluent in any other languages i've never asked you that before
1: uh, well, I speak Dutch, but that's um, only because I am Dutch originally. So, um, But, no, I don't speak very good French, even though I live there. Um, Chamonix is a very tourist town, so, yeah, everyone speaks English. So, yeah, it's very hard to practice your French. But, I mean, at the aid stations, they're all pretty good. Most of them are, are multilingual um, and, you know, you have the occasional little barrier, but, um, yeah, it's all – all pretty straightforward, um, and most things are simple, isn't it? It's like water, Coke, or soup, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, standard sort of questions. So, yeah, you get you get along pretty well, and there's heaps of English-speaking people around you, you know, Americans and Australians and English, and yes, yeah, so there's plenty of people to chat to as well.
0: And just while we're on the topic, I mean, what flag was on your bid?
1: I had an Australian flag.
0: Oh, cool. Interesting. yeah. yeah. You're from Shamini, Australia. I mean, isn't everyone? <laughs> exactly. um, and does does the uh, tag still have the turn it over and don't don't bother me, yeah. I'm sleeping thing on it?
1: Yeah, that is, yeah. And there were loads of people sleeping on the side of the trail. I've never seen that before in a race. Like, oh, it's, yeah, just littered it, along the trail, not, just people not for everywhere. A
0: hundred mile race. Yeah, yeah. Two um, hundred. I, 200, know. So I was shocked. I, I'd be shocked if I didn't see it at a two hundred at this point. Um Yeah,
1: yeah, true.
0: So what was the weather like and tell me about that first giant climb.
1: Um yeah, so the weather well, we started off with rain at the start. Um it rained literally for the hour before the start, so from five till six, but then it dried up, so we started in the dry, um, but I had to go splashing through all the mud. And, yeah, the weather stayed. It was pretty warm, actually. Um, we had a good weather year, which meant we had the extra section of the pyramids, um, which <laughs> probably added on an hour and a half um, to our time, sort of middle of the pack to back of the pack, probably an hour for the, the front runners. Um, I and didn't which realize was really, that.
0: Huh. That's
1: yeah, interesting. It was a really technical boulder section um, just before Lac Comble. So, yeah, that was there. And we had a storm on the Saturday night. So, for me, it hit just as we were coming off um, Col de Ferre. And, I mean, it was massive. There was thunder and lightning, and the lightning was literally hitting the ground around you because it's one of the the worst places for a storm, as Wait. my friend who's a mountain leader was telling me. <laughs> can,
0: can, can we uh, elaborate there? The lightning's hitting the ground around you?
1: Mm. Yeah, you could literally see the lightning just, like, striking. I mean, you couldn't see it striking the ground, but it, it looked like it was literally hitting the ground right near you. Um, it was very close. You would literally have the lightning and the thunder would just smash straight away.
0: Are you on like the side of a mountain here? Or how is this? You are in (laughs) Yeah. I mean totally exposed. When you say Um, close, I mean are you talking like a half mile, a quarter of a mile, twenty five feet?
1: (laughs) No, probably like quarter of a mile. Um Wow, that's close.
0: That's really close for lightning.
1: And it was just, just lashing down with rain, you know, you could, I mean, it, was, it was just like rivers running off the, the mountain within half an hour um, and, yeah, it just drenched through. I mean, luckily I'd put on my waterproof jacket, but, um, yeah, just everything was turned to mud and oh, it was quite a, it would have been a really nice descent down there, but, got just the mud like we were just slipping and sliding and I've, having to dig your poles in
0: i think is that um what country are you in at that point
1: so you've just come out of italy and you've run into switzerland as you go over the top so i know you're, right you're where that is in switzerland yeah, yeah.
0: very yeah. very runnable <laughs> and i i honestly i hit yeah. that section and it started drizzling and it turned into a mud fest i mean when you mm. you probably hit that Quick aid station there, and then you drop down. Did you hit the um kind of a grassy mud ice skating section?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Before you hit gravel,
1: yes, yeah. Were,
0: were people wiping out on that thing?
1: Oh, totally. There was, yeah, people falling over everywhere. Um, <laughs> it was just, yeah, carnage through there.
0: And then it's flat into that aid state, the following aid station. That's probably, was that a a giant circus again?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, because everyone was like drenched in there. I think people were staying in there longer. Um, but yeah, we—I was with a friend at that point, and we decided to just because we knew our crew would be at the next checkpoint. So it was like, right, let's just get out of here because we're going to get cold. It had just turned nighttime as well, so we're like, right, let's just go, let's keep moving, get to Champagne Lock, and then we can change into some dry clothes. So yeah, uh, good so to get you, out of there. you didn't
0: get to—you uh, didn't see the the pond or or lake there. Um, no, it's no. really beautiful. Um, it's right along that yeah. kind of sidewalk area. And tell me about yeah. that next climb. Was were your, cause my experience was like your feet almost feel like they're moving backwards a little bit, <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: The, the climb up to bovine. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. That just seemed to take forever <laughs> and we were in the dark as well. So, yeah, that was a, a long old climb. Um, yeah, you're right. You probably did feel like we were moving backwards at times.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was it was drizzling for me. It sounds like it was probably still drizzling for you too.
1: Oh, uh, no, we were dry at that point. Um, okay. But the, yeah, the streams were quite high as well. So we had to, yeah, sort of rock hop through those because we just put on dry shoes. So we didn't want to get them wet again.
0: <laughs> and, I mean, just keep walking me through. I'm also reliving my, my, oh, yeah. uh, my race here. I mean, was that, yeah. that barn, was it still the, uh, the classic like dance barn, um,
1: yeah. quick aid
0: station there with like mudslides?
1: Yes. Yeah. That was that one. Um, and that was good from there. Cause from there I, I've run that route quite a lot in terms of a training route. So, I was, I suddenly found like a, you know, a second wind. And Paul, the guy that was with me, is like, Hey, what's going on? And I'm like, Well, this just feels like a training run now because we're running home. Like, we're going <laughs> home. <laughs> so let's go. Uh, and then, yeah, running into Treont And yeah, but then you got that huge climb out of Treont up to SEPS. And oh, that just, yeah. Can that's you a explain steep under getting well.
0: down there, though? I mean,
1: into treant
0: yeah explain that process i mean how how was that on quads that have been through i I mean what 70 miles or something at that point (gasps)
1: Yeah, that was pretty slow going, actually, considering you normally just, like, fly down that hill. Um, I mean, it was quite nice from bovine uh, through to Four class. Um, but then once you hit that, and it's quite a steep descent, and you got those Very... horrible big steps, um, like, to go down before you, you cross that bridge yeah. that goes over the road. Um, so that...
0: The yeah, switchbacks. That was really. It was, like... Yeah. Uh, I think there were switchbacks for the switchbacks.
1: Yeah, right. I <laughs> know. Oh, yeah, they just went on forever. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, long old, long old descent there. Um, and I mean, were you able to
0: to eat, or like, how were you feeling at that point?
1: Um, well, there I started to to pick up again, um, just because I, I did feel like we were going home. So, yeah, I ate a bit better at at those stations, and yeah, picked up a bit more energy. And, yeah, we was starting to actually knock down the paracetamol um, just because everything was starting to hurt. Like, I think from being on my feet that long as well, like, you know, the base of your feet were just hurting from mm-hmm. the impact. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, just your muscles are giving up. So, yeah, everything just aches. And, you know, even your shoulders are aching because you're now, like, hauling yourself up the hills using your poles even more. So, everything hurts. Um, <laughs> so was that aid station
0: um, a relief or were you like questioning yourself at that point?
1: No, that was totally a relief. I mean, I knew from there there was nothing going to stop me from finishing because, you know, it's so close from home by then. I mean, it's what 17 miles or 18 miles just to the one finish. one more
0: climb, um, right?
1: Well, two more. Two to more. Get up okay. Steps, okay. Yeah. And then Ted Avant. So it was like, yep, just two more climbs, you know, we can do this. Um, yeah, so you, you do start to smell the finish a little bit from that point.
0: I mean, tell me about those next two climbs, because in my head, I mean, I've done, I don't know, 20, uh, quite a few ultras, and almost every climb at UTMB is still in my top five or top <laughs> ten of, like, hardest climbs in... I'm trying to get a yeah. different perspective because I mean I'm biased on what I thought, but describe <laughs> the, like the steepness of those climbs and like how you got through them.
1: Yeah, well, I mean from that point, I was really glad I was with Paul um, because he was he was stronger mentally on the climb up um, in terms of you know I'd be like oh let's just stop for a, a little rest. He's like no. We're gonna go right to the top, and we're not resting till we get to the top. And I'd be the same on the way down, like I was leading him on the way down. So it was a good, a good balance. Um, but the climbs are so steep, you know, you're just literally having to just watch the feet in front of you, and it's just like slow progress up the hill, and it's just one foot in front of the other. Um, you know, your breathing's labored, and you just, you just got to keep moving. And you know, the climbs can take, gosh, you know an hour hours. and a half to mm-hmm. yeah to, to two hours to get up there um i think we were quite surprised i think we got up to seps in like an hour 20 and we were like hell we're like 20 minutes ahead of what we said we'd do so yeah we just then flew down the other side and ended up in Valasine like 30 minutes before dion was expecting us so yeah remind was, me
0: balacine is that is that like the small town with, yeah, uh, and there's, street. like, a
1: train station, and, okay. yeah, some streets there, and, Okay. yeah, and then you head out. I think you I got out. ahead of
0: myself. So, that, like, you hit that aid station, and it's, it's like, literally street level, um,
1: mm. yeah. is, is that
0: correct, and...
1: Yeah, 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 you're in the main town, so, yeah. Was it Daylight? at that point it was yeah it was like seven in the morning yeah so it was nice um yeah i had some coffee and a bacon and egg quiche (laughs) and um yeah then yeah you were seeing people because yeah the town was coming alive so everyone was coming out to support oh cool you know yeah and even on the trail heading out of there to coldamonte there was loads of people out on the trail just on the side like cheering you on like from the campsites and stuff so
0: cool i didn't get to experience that
1: that's yeah, awesome. so that's that's really nice, and yeah, then we um, started the climb, the final the, climb up Tete de The
0: climb so, in my head, the at least. climb. Oh, right. There's
1: so many false summits as well. Like I just, did
0: it at night and looked up oh. and couldn't tell if they're headlights or stars, and then I realized <laughs> there's both, and I was like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean. Just try to describe that climb, because that's like, I can't put it into words. It's yeah, so ridiculous.
1: It Yeah, it's just long and unrelenting. And some of the rocks that you've got to step up, like, they're huge. Like, they're higher than my knees. And you've got to, like, haul your whole body weight up them. And, you know, there's a couple of, like, little crevices that you've got to, like, use your hands to, you know, climb through and you know, then you get to, like, one summit and you're like, oh, we're there. And then you, like, look up and go, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's just going on and on and on. And even when you get to, like, kind of what you think then is the top and you kind of, you know, on the balcony, and it's still, like, yeah. going up and down and up and yeah. down. It's like, oh, my God, we're supposed to be going across to Flejère now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's um, – it just seems to go on forever. And it's quite technical as well. So, even – when you're on sort of a, a runnable section, just because your legs are so tired, it's really hard to, to get some momentum going.
0: And what is the um, the aid station up by the ski lift? I'm trying yeah, to remember. Yes,
1: so that's
0: Fleger. Fleger, okay. Yeah. I mean, how was... Because you come out of the woods and you're like, oh, like, I'm going to be right there. And then you look all the way up and oh. it's still another thousand feet up. How <laughs> yeah. like, were you mentally? How were you physically, like, emotionally?
1: Yeah, well, because I'd done that section quite a lot, I knew... Like, oh. you know, you come around that corner and you you're know. like, okay. Flaugère is mm-hmm. a lot further away than you think it is. Um, you know, from that point, you're still looking at 40 to 45 minutes before you reach it. So, yeah, it's twinkling away in the distance <laughs> at you like an oasis. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you still got a, a long haul to get there. So, yeah, it was it was just focus, like get there, Um You know, we were doing quite well on the downhills and overtaking people. So it was a bit of a a game. You know, we're playing a bit of Pac-Man and just seeing who we could catch and eat up on the way. So that was a bit of a target. And, yeah, then, of course, you run across to Fleger and then you sort of drop down just to give you another climb back up to that (laughs) checkpoint, don't they? (laughs) Just, (laughs) I mean, if the
0: listener's ever running against Lucia, now you know you're just a big cherry that she's... (laughs) Chasing down. Um, that's funny. Um, I mean, I just mm. remember that the steepness of the descent. I mean, you can mm. smell Chamonix. Yeah. But it's still six miles away. Um yeah. And you got yeah. this, like, Jeep road that's so smooth. And you're like, oh, like, I'm just going to crush it. But the angle is just, like, I feel like it's five or ten degrees steep. Like yeah. steeper than it should be, so it's uncomfortable. Is that like
1: Yeah, how you felt? Totally. Were, you,
0: were you able to like handle that or did you no, slow I down? Was,
1: Yeah, I was quite slow down there. Um, we had lots of people down there supporting as well, so I was kind of enjoying that and soaking it up. But it was, yeah, definitely steep. I mean, I was hanging onto my poles for dear life to get down there. Um yeah, that was, and it's quite like there's some loose rocks as well. So oh yeah, yeah, you do feel like you're going to lose it at any moment when you um, hit the single track. Yeah, and there's that's quite sharp, three-roody.
0: sharp rocks too, right? Yeah,
1: yep. yep, yeah. It's not not easy to run. Um, and then when you reach La Floria, like there was a huge crowd of people there, um, and it was quite funny because the PTL people are finishing as well, so they're the ones that do the team race that started on the Monday. Which is I don't know 320k or something. So they're all coming into the finish as well. And what most of them are doing is they're stopping at La Floria to have a few beers. So there's like a big party atmosphere going on at La Floria, which is the last refuge before you hit Chamonix. So huh. that's that's pretty exciting. What <laughs> so you, um, you get?
0: That I I might have mixed up exactly where you are there, but I mean you're you're within like three four miles of of the finish line right there correct
1: yeah 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 about three miles away Yeah.
0: okay is that mm. okay i i i went through there it looked like a little coffee shop but that's where they're having yeah. beers okay
1: yeah yeah that's it yep yeah oh, and that cool. was in full swing so did yeah. you stop and, then,
0: and partake or were you like no
1: I it. <laughs> no <laughs> i was like run to the finish and then we can have beer so yeah we just yeah tried to get out of there as quick as possible <laughs>
0: And, I mean, were you just ready to get this over with or were you still savoring it? Or, I mean, this oh, no. was probably like the longest, one of the longest <sighs> runs you've ever been on. There's not many people that have done 40 plus hours on your feet.
1: No, yeah, that was definitely the longest. Um, so, yeah, I was ready to, to be done um, and, yeah, just wanted to get, get into town. So, yeah, we were keen to get moving and yeah just got down the hill as quickly as we possibly could without our legs
0: (laughs) and Um, by the time you hit the street were your feet numb or were they still in pain
1: no they were totally numb and i think by because then you could you know then you're on the home stretch aren't you you're down you're beside the river and you're you're now heading into chamonix proper you know that's that's it, this is now the home run. So, yeah, you just forget everything then. And even we started to pick up the pace and I like looked across at Paul and I'm like, do you think this is sustainable to the church? And he's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> we need to slow down because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be walking at the finish. You know, we can, let's just chill.
0: <laughs> I'm just so. smiling here. Nothing like that river. That's just such yeah. a great feeling, right?
1: yeah. And yeah, you know you're not far there and then you, you know, you go past the the expo that's set up and you turn <laughs> yeah. right and then you turn left and you're on that main street and, like, I think even though I didn't achieve my target time, like, to finish at that time with all those crowds in the street was, oh, that was just something amazing. Like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because people are just screaming at you, like... The whole town has come out, and you know, because I live in Chamonix, there's quite a few people I know. So, you know, you can hear your name being screamed out, but you're like looking around, and all you see is just faces and hands clapping, and you just feel like a superstar. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, what was going yeah, like,
0: What was going through your head as you see the big arch and the UTMB banner uh, there? I was what, I, like, I was what were just, you thinking, or were you so just, tired at that point, nothing? <laughs>
1: No, I was just thinking, you've bloody done it. Like, you have finished UTMB, like, just so, so happy. Um, And I'd picked up Dion, Gobi and Yana at the corner, you know, as you sort of go around the little block um, before you do up the the sort of the final sprint. Um, So picked them up there and we all ran across the finish line together and it was just – amazing like Goby was leading the charge thinking that everyone's well, of cheering course, for her right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they probably were I mean yeah they don't care about us <laughs> and yeah we're just like running up to the finish line and god yeah the crowd are just going wild it's just amazing and you could hear them calling your name and uh, it was just phenomenal and then yeah you finish it's like wow <laughs> it's done <laughs> I can go and get that gilet at long last <laughs>
0: Well, what what did um what what Dion tell you when you crossed the finish line?
1: Oh, he just said to me, "I'm so proud of you. Um, you've done it." So that was that was it. That's cool.
0: I mean, was yeah. that your your favorite finish line of your life so far, or or top three?
1: Oh, definitely top three. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's probably actually top one. Actually, yeah.
0: I mean. <laughs> It's it's yeah. hard to top that experience. I've I've seen it with you actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, when oh, we watched we went, so Andrea. Andrea. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Gobi mm. was trying to chase every finisher into the finish line. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And,
0: and I was no, like, "What so, is wrong with this dog? Why does it want to run so much? <laughs> <laughs> it's so ignorant." Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I mean, so. Now that you've had time to kind of digest what transpired there, I mean, beyond hurt, I mean, I assume recovery is going well. I'll start with that. I mean, no injuries or anything major?
1: No, no injuries. Um, And yeah, now I'm pulling an all-nighter, supporting Dion, who's running the Wasatch 100. So, you know, that's great recovery, (laughs) staying (laughs) up all night.
0: (laughs) I mean... (laughs) beyond hurt 100 do you have any goals for 2020 that you'd like to share any ideas that you're toying with or you um
1: are you still figuring that out still figuring it out um i mean i'm hoping well i'm gonna put my you know put my ticket in the hat for western um so this will be my second year applying um you know that could take up to eight years couldn't it so
0: (laughs) yeah at least Um, yeah yeah
1: so I'll try that. Um, I'm kind of keen to do Tour de France next year, um, which is Me too. the 300. And, Me too. Yeah, yeah, really cool. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <It laughs> yeah, seems amazing. That, yeah, that would be great. Um, so kind of toying with that idea, um, but then, yeah, also thinking um, we're hoping to be out in the states um, from December, so hoping to do a few American races. So, you know, if you've got any suggestions for the early part of the year for some, yeah, faster 50s, because I think I need to do more running rather than hiking up hills. I mean, I'll
0: I'll be... I'm trying to think in terms of timing. You're talking December?
1: Oh, well, that's when we want to come to the US, but it'd be more like, you know, March, April time for, yeah, Yeah, doing some races. February. February,
0: I guess I'll admit to it now um <laughs> i if february is going to be an interesting month i'm going to do the franklin's 200 and then mm-hmm. um i'm going to see if i can somehow do black canyon 100k shortly thereafter but if you're looking mm-hmm. for a faster um is a qualifying race too for western states i will yeah. definitely be at black canyon 100k Mm. and yeah the franklin's races are they seem really cool um yeah and there's a prize purse so that's obviously what i'm going for you know a smiddle of the- <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> cool i look into that there's, one
0: yeah there's a lot of really cool races but um february march mm. it's south like texas and arizona and california and that kind of region is yeah. where a lot of races are and then I mean, the only mm. other idea I have is um, some of Candace's stuff, obviously. I think um, Orca's Island. Yeah. He's on my radar. But
1: mm. well, I'll have to yeah, I'll that's do an investigation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's sort of all up in the air, really, for next year. So... Yeah, open to some suggestions and temptations. I mean, gosh, I've got a list, you know, a mile long of what I want to do, like Labaredo and yeah. Madeira Island Ultra. And, yeah, I'm kind of keen to maybe look at some of the 200s, part of the Triple Crown. So, yeah, we shall see.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to follow you, whatever you pick. <laughs> um Make make arrangements for extra hotel room and I'll just follow you and Dion and Kobe around.
1: Um, yeah, sounds good.
0: God, you pick really amazing races. Seriously. Um Have you thought, just while we're on the topic, um about the eco challenge at all? I know it's kind of mainstreamish. Apparently it's the hardest race on the planet, but um I don't know if the newer ones are going to be. Um, have you looked at that or any other kind no. of crazy, no. crazy have ideas? I haven't looked at
1: that. No, okay. yeah. Well, we'll have to have a look, <laughs> plant the seed.
0: Yeah, you should have no. heard Dion and I when we were doing uh, <laughs> a little shakeout run post-Western States here in Denver.
1: Oh, yeah, I can only imagine what things you've come up with.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised you answered when I called, because I was pretty sure I was on the shit list after uh, (laughs) we started talking ideas. Um, I'm going to revert back. Um, I had a Patreon supporter that asked... It was a really interesting question, because um, he he was at UTMB, I believe. I'm not going to name his name... I think Mm -hmm. he might have had a bad race or like a rough race. I I don't know any of the backstory, but he asked a question on training. What workout um, do you train uh, for the vert of UTMB? Doing long runs with similar ratios of distance to elevation gain makes sense, but um, running on treadmills with max incline, hiking with weight vests. He'll repeats. I guess the timing of these workouts. I like that you hike uh, with weighted vests in the beginning of training cycles or towards the end. I, he, mm-hmm. um, I'm almost certain he was out at UTMB as his a race. I don't know what happened or or any of that story there. Um, yeah. But how did you go about training? Other than, I mean, you live in Chamonix, so that's kind of convenient for training.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's convenient. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just focused on getting in, um, as much vert as possible. Like I was looking to get 50 to 60 miles of, um, running in a week, but aiming for sort of five to 10,000 meters of vertical, and yeah looking at doing um, like the hill training like making sure I was getting stronger on the hills so getting faster and and doing my hill repeats as I'm doing my runs Um, so just you know continuous hill repeats so taking your rest breaks as you walk up and then running again Um, and I found a big thing was doing downhill repeats as well Um, I think a lot of people Sort of don't focus too much on the downhills, but you know, let's face it, that's where your quads get ruined. So, yeah, I was focusing um, hard on downhill repeats, and yeah, I guess that was yeah mainly the focus. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so a lot of hiking also, I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the long runs, you know, in inverted commas, is um, you know, you're hiking up the hills, and then when it's runnable, then you're, you're running, yeah, yeah, the flats and the downhills, but yeah the uphills are generally a, a fast hike and trying to get quicker and more efficient at doing those
0: that's uh, i think that's been my like one big breakthrough personally like this year was slow slog of like a big horn 100 just slow grind hike up and then like you said kind of hitting the downhills how you however you can but yeah slow hikes that are steep like all yeah. of a sudden, you find like your aerobic base just went through the roof, and then when you go for a flat, like I'll do like a flat lunch run, it sped up so much.
1: Yeah, um, from the yeah.
0: slow hike days, which is super weird. But <laughs> is that what you experienced? I mean, the slow hikes started accumulating for your aerobic base.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, I found when I was going out with other people as well. Like I went out with a few friends. Um, they were a bit slower and, and actually going at a lower heart rate, I was finding like I'd get more of an appetite and stuff as well. So, yeah, yeah it was yeah. interesting to sort of play around with that, um, yeah, to understand how your body works a bit better in terms of, you yeah, know, being able to f- have an appetite to fuel it.
0: <laughs> it's key. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I've, I've noticed it's a huge part because in hydration too. So your blood yeah. flow is going to your tummy instead of uh, – vital organs and yeah and not being able to digest food so um i mean i guess last question and i appreciate all your time we could talk to you for hours with all the cool races you've done um is is kind of any recommendations for a middle of the pack runner that is questioning themselves like that that has that aspiration you know to go do a big tough hurt 100 or a UTMB or um, whatever it may be. You seem to have kind of lost the fear of failure and I find it inspiring that I can relate to you and and your speed of running and speed of hiking and, you know, self-admitted middle of the pack crusher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. I think you just have to give it a go, don't you? And, not be scared of, of failing because, I mean, I don't actually see having a DNF as an absolute failure because you learn so much from them as well. So I think it's key just to get out there and try and see what you're capable of because um, most of us are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. So give it a try and, and see what happens. And if you don't quite make it, then, yeah, look back and, and readjust and, And learn from from what's happened whether they're mistakes or you know whether you do need more training or you know (laughs) just analyze it and yeah then move forward and try again
0: that's awesome i I love that you came back from you know not finishing the first try and doing it this year so huge congrats i'm really glad (laughs) that the finish line was memorable and amazing i love that photo um lucia where can people follow you on social media
1: uh so i'm all over social media as running dutchy um so yeah give me a follow and yeah let me know what your big challenges are i'd love to hear about them (laughs) fill me with some more ideas
0: yeah reach out give her ideas Mm -hmm. for uh races (laughs) in the states yeah
1: thanks
0: for (laughs) thanks for joining me i know you gotta go rush out to help um at another aid station so thank you for taking the time and uh we'll we'll stay in touch as always
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rob. Speak to you soon.
0: And that's episode 121. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Lucia. She was super patient on releasing that episode. I think she even messaged me asking when it would be released. So I dropped the ball. Um, I'm really glad to get that episode out in 2019 when we recorded it. And yeah, just big thank you to the show sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Exoskin, I think if you want 20% off, use the promo code T, the number 4U20 for 20% off. And yeah, Destination Trail and Ultimate Direction. Patreon supporters, you guys know who you are on the closed Facebook group conversations that we have. Everyone have a great New Year's. Let's start thinking goals for 2020 here shortly. Don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a good week.